Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small-batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters. Costa, Lance, Otto, RDM, John C., and Helen. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Broadstop and Captain Mike's in Kenosha, the Greentown Tavern, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan. Welcome to the Lake Forest Podcast, a podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest, featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, food, and history. My name is Pete, and I'm joined with my fine co-host, Lake Forest history legend, Arthur Miller. We all live in Lake Forest. Before we start our class, we have a sponsor for the show, Dakota Insurance Group. They've got your back. Why? Because that's what friends are for. Dakota Insurance Group handles all your residential and commercial insurance needs. Get a quote now at dakotainsurancegroup.com. Okay, one of the goals of the podcast is for listeners to learn just a little bit more about Lake Forest. Well, who better to teach us about Lake Forest history than our own Lake Forest history legend, Arthur Miller. Okay, everyone, take your seats, fold your hands, put them on top of the desk. Our class is about to begin. Hey, Art, how you been? Just fine, thank you. How are you? Oh, we're going to have a good one. We had Commander uh, McClinlock post 264 uh, yesterday talking to us about Lake Forest Day. And sure. I saw him reading. He had the, uh, his book up. And sure enough, I think it was one of your books, Arthur. Good at this one. I, th- I, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, this, so. is, this is one put out by the, um, the History Center predecessor historical society. It was done for their centennial of the Lake Forest Day in 1908 to, to 2008. It's got lots of stuff in it and fascinating to look at. And I'm just going to add a few little nudges. Well, of course you are. I mean, he brought that book out. I'm like, we can't just have two minutes talking about your book. We we need the whole show, Art. So feel free. Where did Lake Forest Day come from? Who started it? So the book has, it gives a credit to a couple of different organizations in the early 20th century that helped get the thing started. Lake Forest is a fascinating little town. It started in the 1850s 
it was mostly centered on the schools. There were schools, private prep schools and a college that were out here and kids from uh, the city came out to go to school here. Then their families followed them. And the original uh, people who lived here built the, the earlier houses were all year round people. They came for the whole year. What happened was that as the town grew uh, by the mid 1890s and started to spread out, a new group of people came out that wanted their cake and eat it too. They wanted to be living in the city. They had big townhouses on Astor Street, Lakeshore Drive, Prairie Avenue, et cetera, et cetera. And they came out here, um, especially as the stockyards got really going, they came out here to get away from the stink when they opened their windows. Now, from mid-April to early November, if you opened your windows, in might come some of this uh, not too pleasant odor. Yeah. So they were living out here. They were trying to be active. Theodore Roosevelt, the president, who was going to be president in the early 1900s, he was in favor of an active life. People should not just sit around. Office people would become nervous wrecks spending all their time in the office. They, in 1894, they, they started giving people the Saturday afternoons off to come out and play golf. They couldn't play golf on Sunday because you weren't supposed to do anything on Sunday. You were supposed to just think about religion and stuff like that. And go to, you could go to a couple times to church and stuff like that, but you were, they were very strict about that. So Saturday afternoon was time for that. So people started building houses out here that were temporary, that were seasonal. Uh, basically, they weren't insulated you know, a whole lot. They were meant to be for their summer or seasonal work living. So what happened was they started to be the local industry. The rich people, the estate owners, were the local industry, and it started developing. All, the town started to develop a whole group of people who served this rich people industry. Their horses, their all the different kinds of things they liked. And so what happened was by 1900, you had a pretty substantial population developing along um, Westminster, west of, of Western Avenue, um, going up Summit a little bit, um, over north of, uh, going up on McKinley, going on Scott Street, things like that. What they did was they were able to um, build these houses. As these people developed, they had their own houses here. At, in, they would go back into town in November, especially in election season, they would vote in Chicago. So who stayed out in Lake Forest and voted? The gardeners, the people working in the grocery store, and stuff like that. By 1900, after the 1894 railroad strike, uh, Eugene V. Debs, Eugene Debs was, um, he was locked up for a while for having instigated that strike. Um, and he, uh, he decided he'd run for president in 1900. So then in 1904, he ran again. And by 1905, they began to notice that maybe Lake Forest couldn't really work that well if the only people voting in Lake Forest were voting for labor, they, they be voting on the socialist ticket. Uh, so they probably determined, and by coincidence, in 1905, they started something called the Young Men's Club. There was also a women's uh, club that got going in that period. Young Men's Club 
was there. And then by 1906, they purchased some property over on Green Bay Road by West Park and had Howard Van Dornshaw set up a little community there. And they were going to build middle class houses for people who worked in town to not have just people who worked on estates, but to have business owners and to have people have a vested interest to um, become more identified with people who own property. That developed. And so by 1906, that was that. They, they, they sold the lots in 1907. People bought them. The only people who could buy it was members of this young men's club. Speculators couldn't buy it. And then by 1908, they started the Lake Forest Day. Lake Forest Day was the townspeople's holiday. It was meant to build Bing's solidarity. It was run kind of or sort of supported by the estate people. The estate people wanted to encourage solidarity. They wanted to encourage patriotism. They wanted to encourage a group shared experience sort of thing. And basically they wanted to turn people into Republicans. <laughs> Not so <laughs> but Republicans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and indeed there were several Republican county officials and stuff that lived in that neighborhood in West Park. Um, then other neighborhoods were developed in the teens. But the first, the first Lake Forest Day was the year after they started setting up that middle-class development over on West Park. So what's interesting is Lake Forest Day became a rallying point. It was held on the Wednesday afternoon, originally, when all the local businesses took off because they were open on Saturday. So they took off on Wednesday afternoon to have uh, their, they could take their, to have their picnic or their, their activities. So the first one was held on campus at Lake Forest College. Uh, they had a, the, all the gardeners got together and they had a big flower show of what they'd grown and stuff. Um, they had events that they ran at the college's field, football field, uh, still there, Farwell Field. Um, so they did activities for people, had picnic, people brought stuff. And it was a big event, and it, 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 that's how it got started. It was kind of hit and miss in the early years. They had things happen like the pandemic, like we had last year, no Lake Forest Day because- That's right. They, yeah, it, they didn't have it during World War I because there was a war on. Uh, then there was, you know, there was a flu epidemic and stuff. So it, it would get interrupted, but basically year in and year out, with the backing of the merchants, but also the backing of the estate people, they would celebrate what it was to be part of Lake Forest, what it was for Lake Forest to be part of the United States, what it was to have flags. It was patriotic. It was, um, it was supposed to be a bonding shared experience for all the parts of the community. Kids of, kids of the wealthy people helped put on um, different things. We have a carnival now, but initially the carnival was sort of done by the kids themselves. And so they would put on a carnival for the townspeople. And it was a uh, bonding sort of a thing between the different parts of the community. So that, that, was, uh, that was its origins. It grew, it continued. It, was a, it, it became a big parade by 19, they had a big parade in 1915. Then they started having parades again after uh, in the 20s. By the 20s, the American Legion was involved in taking over and carrying it forward. And so it, it became self-sustaining. Um, they raised money by appealing to the people 
um, the estate people and everybody else. And they still do that. They write to everybody and ask them to contribute. You've probably gotten stuff in the mail, um, buy tickets, raffle tickets and stuff like that. And they would have fundraisers where they would sell those tickets. And initially they were giving out cars because by the 50s, people wanted to have cars, but everybody didn't have one. It was still kind of a hot thing to get a car. So that went on to the 70s and 80s, I think, when they actually gave away a car. Nowadays, you know, people got a garage full of cars often, or not that many people want a car. And more significantly, after slowly after the 50s and 60s, the original people who had been that townspeople group started to thin out. Uh, the people who worked in relatively low, lower paying jobs in town no longer could afford to live here. They were moving to other parts of Lake County because they had a car and they could have a cheaper house in uh, Vernon Hills or Gurney or something like that and come down and work. They wouldn't have to see the people that they were serving every day. So there was some reason, there were some good reasons why they moved out of town, but it didn't become as much of a, it became less of a thing for the old support community, the townspeople, and more of a, just a general thing for all the families that are around. Now, as you may have noticed, uh, Lake Forest was really busy in June. It's still kind of busy, but it's not nearly as busy in July as it was in June. The, a lot of people are on vacation, and that'll be, continue into August. They'll be on vacation. They'll start to come back mid-August, you know, for their kids to go to schools and stuff like that. But when they have Lake Forest Day is a time when a lot of the Lake Foresters, quote unquote, big, you know, state people would be out of it. They had gone to Maine. Um, They would have gone to Martha's Vineyard. They'd have gone to upper Wisconsin, um, up on the Lake Superior Shore of Lake Michigan, of of Michigan, Upper Peninsula. Right. Get away from the heat. Uh, They also get away from the hay fever. Uh, that was a big thing. The people who were still here, they sort of then became the ones who were the, the ones who were carrying on all the activities. So it became a very nostalgic event increasingly in that period. And so you see more and more, there were floats. They would make fancy floats like the Rose Bowl, um, even in the 40s and 50s. But it became more antique cars and sports cars and things like that. And a few politicians riding in the parade. Um, people marching, you know, summer camp kids marching, uh, scout groups marching. Um, in, war, in World War II, of course, there were lots of, there were two, two military installations on either side of Lake Forest. There was Fort Sheridan for the Army and Great Lakes for the Navy so you, and Marines. So you had, you know, lots of parade possibilities from that. Not so much now. Um, it's just different, you know. Weren't there more car dealerships in Lake Forest back then? There were, no, car, yeah. there were car dealerships, yes. There was a Ford, when we came here in the 70s, there was a Ford dealer, there was a Buick dealer, um, there was a Chrysler dealer. Those were the kinds of cars that most people drove if they didn't drive a Mercedes. Now, the rich people in the 70s were not driving expensive cars. They were a little scared of what had been going on in Chicago, you know, like we are now. Yeah. But they were real scared of the Black Panthers. And so people were very understated. They drove Chevys, Plymouth Valiants. You're too young to know about Plymouth Valiants, but they were little cars. That I know Plymouth Dusters. For people to not, they didn't want to stand out too much in that period. They, they yeah. didn't have any fancy cars. But 
the merchants drove around uh, in the parade in historic vehicles, maybe even a horse and wagon, um, to kind of remind people of Lake Forest heritage of, of these parades and a little bit nostalgic about when there was a real townspeople community here. Um, it, it, they began to uh, look back at, you know, when it was a tight knit little community, there were bowling alleys here. Can you imagine bowling alleys in Lake Forest? That's a good idea, Art. <laughs> oh, I know there were a few, you know, there were bowling alleys. And people, there were lots of what we would call now working class kinds of, of um, entertainment. There was a movie house. Um, and so the nostalgia for that kind of community um, thrived through the 70s and 80s and the 90s, I think. And you'll still see a few businesses that have old time vehicles like they might have used in the early days that, that they'll drive in. And very interesting to see all the stuff that they have. There were all kinds of organizations marched. The, the gardeners organization called the North Shore Horticultural Association. Or, yeah. yeah. They, they've marched in the parade, the women's club, men's club, the Legion, all these different people were doing things. Um, in, two, in 1998, 1999, 2000, there was a big campaign to um, redo the park in Market Square, which had gotten kind of tacky, you know, yeah. and run down. So they had a big fundraising drive. And the people who were running that were kind of, you know, on Wednesday people and stuff like that. Guard, Lake Forest Garden Club. So they they marched in the parades at that point and uh, tried to get drum up support for funding and also just generally support for redoing Market Square. So it was a way to convince people in town to do things and to be on board and to build kind of a shared sense of community. Um, they would advertise the library book sale every September. They would have, they'd be in the parade. The Lake Forest Day idea uh, morphed over time. But initially, I, this is my theory, initially it was to um, broaden the middle class character of Lake Forest to get people so they identified with, you know, one Lake Forest that was, it had some people that were really wealthy, some people who were not so wealthy, and then a bunch of people in the middle. And that was initially, I think, the idea. Um, and it was pretty successful in that way. It became increasingly you know, um, something that was generally a big item for people who lived here that weren't weren't either at the top or the bottom of the thing um, through the middle of the 20th century. And then later, um, it, you know, just everybody who came, moved into town and who happened to not be on vacation on April 3rd or whatever, you know, second or whatever day it takes place is first, first Wednesday in uh, right. August. It it, um, you know, everybody would be involved, would participate. Um, it used to be that the mayor held a reception for all of the sort of not-for-profits in town, uh, the organizations that contributed to making the town better. Um, I don't know if they're still doing that, but that was part of it, you know, to encourage all these groups. They were marching in the parade, but also to consider themselves part of the larger picture in Lake Forest. They're all contributing to one kind of idea. Um, I don't know if what they do about that now, um, if they've kind of moved away from that or not, but, but there was an idea of 
bringing everybody together, making it fun. Uh, it was it's lower keyed than the Fourth of July in uh, Lake Bluff, for instance, which is a much more broadly based kind of a thing. Right. But because it's for one thing, it's in the morning on a Wednesday, which is not exactly and it's not a holiday, so it gets it doesn't get a lot of people who are in Chicago or well or even in working at home. You know, they've got around deadlines and stuff like that. So people who are working on a Wednesday may not show up, but kids, moms, uh, families, teenagers. Yeah. That, that was the feedback I got, Art, where people will ask me, well, why is it on a Wednesday? Why can't it be on a, on a weekend? And yeah. that just goes to the earlier. It was the know, local business people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it costs more to do it on a weekend than in a weekday too. And Does it really? Okay. Well, yeah, and when you get the rides and all that, because oh, yeah, the you know the Legion has to you know pay for everything or take the risk. And I was going to ask yeah. you, the Legion takes on has taken on a lot of things. There's a lot more veterans back then. I mean, they're hurting right now for volunteers for the beer and quarantine and and whatnot. Yeah. You know, and, and also getting membership at the Legion. If they if we didn't have the Legion, where would we be, Art? Right. Well, they were certainly they've certainly been important for a hundred years. I mean, yeah. 1921 is when they got kind of organized. They're kind of a backbone of the community, and the whole patriotic idea and the idea of one shared common idea in trouble right now. You know, we've noticed that nationally and everything. People yeah. don't all identify with the same thing, and so it takes work to get people to be, you know, to put aside their issues, which are real, you know. But to focus on the fact that, you know, our town is special, it's unique, it's got remarkable range of kinds of people here. Yeah, the Legion, why there aren't more people? Um, well, for one thing, to move to Lake Forest, you got to have um, money. Money. So <laughs> some of these guys that, are, that have been to Afghanistan and Iraq, they may right. be in where they're trying to make some money. They, they may have gone to graduate school after that, and they may get into things. And there may be some quiet along, or graduates like that that have done that. Um, I'm just, I mean, veterans, not graduates, but I mean, yeah, who've, yeah. who've gone through the service, come out, gone into business, and they've moved to Lake Forest. They don't seem to want to, they don't identify with the Lake Forest thing as much, you know. Periodically, during the time I've lived in Lake Forest, they've worried about, integrating new people into the town so that they feel like there's someplace you know it's all one town it's not you know just your house right and your neighbors but you're part of a larger community so well you know like they do at the country clubs maybe they could do a social membership even though i'm not a veteran you know yeah I right can, you be a friend you know, of the right you be a friend of the legion why not yeah because okay. that, i mean anybody the Legion is not political. It's people who've just basically served, you know. Um, some of the older ones, um, you know, Uncle Sam sent them a letter they couldn't refuse. That was my generation, you know. Yeah, yeah. In my case, I had bad eyes, so I couldn't serve, you know. But a lot of people did serve, um, even if they didn't exactly understand. Well, they, they were kind of against what was maybe going on in Vietnam. Right. But that doesn't mean they didn't serve. So actually, if you serve, even when you don't necessarily agree, that's the height of patriotism, right? I mean, they 
they did what was asked of them. You get sent over there and you come back here and you get treated like crap. I can't only imagine. I mean, that's getting on another issue, Art, but. No, but I mean, it's, it, it's a serious point and it does honor people who have served their country. We seem to have, you know, sticky feet that keep getting stuck in different places in the world, you know. Then we send people over there and we don't really give them a clear idea of how they're supposed to keep from getting killed. And um, it's difficult. I, mean, I don't yeah. know, there's no right answer to it. Vietnam um, was a really remarkable experience. And uh, it, people who served later in Vietnam, you know, toward the 70s and stuff, yeah. they were part of what was the most remarkable withdrawal. A, mi- a half a million people were withdrawn from Southeast Asia over a in a gradual way over a period of time with minimal casualties, you know. Uh, I'm not saying nobody died. There were right. probably, you know, people who, lots right. of people died and got injured. But, but it's amazing that a million people didn't get massacred, you know, or something over there. And so they, they knew that it was a losing thing. And yet they still, they were part of it. And they, they were part of the biggest mass retreat and it is a retreat but there's nothing a retreat isn't necessarily dishonorable um they were part of this huge retreat and people didn't appreciate it when they got home right and the and the veterans i mean they fund the legion yeah you have less you have less veterans or and they they're work. not and, and they, they work, work right so you know it just they, we're, we yeah, got to, we're gonna have to populate the legion somehow we're not gonna have lake forest day I don't hear anybody talking about it, but with the restaurant well, yeah. work, you can't get yeah. any employees. Nobody anywhere. I don't know where everybody went, but all of a sudden we got nobody. And, you know, you just can't get stuff done. You, you know, it's well, true. It's, it's the pandemic. I mean, it's, you got to let that money run out and then people have to work. It, that's another topic. Art. We'll I'm, not there. Even, I'm not going there. I can already see the email bin filling up. Ding, ding, yeah, ding, yeah. ding. So, no, but so our, we have all yeah. kinds of dislocations now. Th- certainly the Legion needs support. And I think some kind of a, an auxiliary group of um, friends of the Legion would be one way to handle it. The, but people like Larry Crone, for instance, who's, um, I think he's ill now, but for years, and he, had a, he walked with a limp. Uh, I don't know if that was from his service or not, but he would take his truck and he would go around and put up the flags. That's in the book, you know, that I'm talking yeah. about. The yeah, book. right, right, right. Is a picture of him with his truck putting up flags all over town. You know, he did that all the time. He was, he was a real service-oriented kind of a guy. You know, um, Bud Turner just passed away this last month. He was one of the leaders of that group, and um, at least his obit online basically says, you know, he had been one of the people affected by Agent Orange in Vietnam. He was a medic. You know, yeah. Uh, he then raised uh, his his oldest son. His his son became a, um, a captain in the navy. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how high he rose, but he was running things and ships and stuff like that. And is now with the National um, Security or, or Agency, the National the NSA. He's working for them. So I mean, yeah. the family patriotic thing. And for our community, how do we pass on generations like some families do? um to have support 
somebody else has to take it over and people have to think of volunteerism as part of what the town does. Now, Boy Scouts, they got their problems. I don't think it's not, it's, it's not called Boy Scouts anymore. What's it called? Scouts. Oh, okay. Scouts. I believe that's what it is. That's what Commander uh, told me okay, uh, yesterday. Well, so, so I'm just saying yeah. that's kind of where we're at on these things. You know, they, those are the yeah. volunteers that help with the flags and whatnot. And he corrected me on the name of it. And, and it's a uh, good experience for kids to learn service. Yep. It can support your community without, um, you know, you don't have to be some kind of rich person or fancy leader to be a major factor in your community. You know, yeah, there's people that gave big money to build a hospital and stuff like that. But yeah. there's also a lot of people who just year in and year out or, you know, holiday after holiday contributed to the community. Well, I think they got to take that that post and make it like all the other ones. We can go in and have a, a draft beer and uh, tavern pizza and pull tabs. Uh, we might have to get something like go, uh, going that at the McClinlock post. You have to get them a license. Yeah, well, hey. This is Lake Forest, remember. If you, if you can't take care of the vets, who are you going to take care of, Art, right? Well, no, I'm, I'm not arguing with you, but I'm just Oh, saying, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, there are costs. Any, there's, there's, you know, everything. that Lake Forest is not the easiest place to set up a saloon. Well, it would be in a, <laughs> a veteran's watering hole. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll figure out how to do it, Art. No, I agree. I think that would be a nice thing, and it would... It would also encourage people to to think about you know how they can volunteer in the community. Maybe they got to move that post again or have another, you know, a West Side post. Uh, yeah, you know, most of the densities in the East, though. You know, I'm out on the West Side now in in what I call East Matawa. But I mean, yeah. you got the tighter neighborhoods over there, and yeah. people can walk to town around in that area. So. All right. Maybe we'll get something going here, Art. I I, I lost track of everything that we were talking about. We were talking about foresting. Yeah. Wednesday. Okay. It's the first Wednesday in August. I got that down. And it's called Lake Forest Day, but it lasts more than more than one day. I got confused on that. Tuesday night. And then there's Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. And then there's associated picnics and um uh, there are groups that have their re- reunions. Uh, different groups have reunions. Uh, high school groups have your reunions. So it's it's a big holiday that brings people together. So it's great. And I just have one more story after the last one. Um, it has to do with the book that was done by the, um, the Historical Society, which was the predecessor of the History Center. They did it in 2008 for the... Um, 100th anniversary of Lake Forest Day, which had started at Lake Forest College. Um, and uh, the, the book shows a picture of an elephant or a couple of pictures of an elephant in 1993. Um, okay. there, they said there had been two other times when there were elephants. That, however, was the only time I was ever involved with the elephant. Uh, the Rotary Club... Um, brought the elephant to the fair, arranged to have it go, and it was a big success. Um, as a relatively not central member of that organization, I was assigned to 
one of the most interesting jobs you can have with an elephant, following along behind with a shovel and a wagon. <laughs> Sound like me and Scoo. <laughs> <laughs> it was a memorable occasion. A memorable occasion. And you oh. wouldn't believe how that large animal really processed a lot of material onto the yeah. pavement. So uh, that, that was a well, memorable time for me. But it was a big success. And he had, people took, had, could ride on them, you know. Probably now they'd have half the county um, people who are anti-cruelty to animals, you yeah. know, all over them like a cheap suit, you know. But um, back then it wasn't so sensitive. And it wasn't so clear that the animal was not happy. He seemed yeah. perfectly happy to munch along. He was tame. And yeah. he munched and munched, and he uh, processed food on a regular basis. And uh, a few kids climbed on top and stuff, but that he didn't seem to be dis disrupted by that. I don't know if the keeper fed him phenobarbital or anything, but it take quite a bit to slow that thing down. Well, I was, was wondering how I was wondering how long it would talk. We it would take for us to talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So that's my yeah. that's my last Lake Forest Day story because that was just but the picture struck me about the elephant and reminded me of the whole thing. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small-batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Costa, Lance, Otto, RDM, John C., and Helen. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Broadstop and Captain Mike's in Kenosha, the Greentown Tavern, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan.